When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Thanks for spending time on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Loaded up today. Plenty of thoughts on the new and improved, I'm air quoting, schedule for 2022 for Nebraska football. Husker basketball teases you just enough. And then there's still four minutes to finish. Uh, on that, we'll check in with Andy Markowski, the pride of Ord, Husker basketball standout. Mike Schuhart this hour to talk some golf, and he'll weigh in on some big red topics. Mike Babcock from Hale Varsity in about 20 minutes, and then also we'll check in with former coach Rick Kaczynski. A jock doc will wind us up. Will Wilson back in today. Chris Schmidt and uh, can dial us up at 46637. 76 466 37 76 1 800 825 5865. At Will on the radio is where you find Will on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. Can email as always Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So let's dive into schedule before we hear from the mayor and uh, Nebraska's 13th consecutive uh, Power Five loss. Uh, looked better, but still looked the same in some instances. Will, have you got the ink pin out? Are you ready to declare an amazing start in season for Nebraska 2022? We don't know who the running backs coach is. We don't know who's going to stay after spring ball. We don't know who's going to be healthy through all of spring ball. And uh, Ireland awaits, my friend. Yeah, you're ready. I know you're fired up, man. You're ready to get, you're ready to go ink with your your eleven and two prediction. But not, not as much as ESPN is, as uh, we touched on yes. the other day. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, Action Network and ESPN both loving Nebraska as part of their way too early top 25. I mean, it's, it's hard to not get excited about what's been happening in the portal. I mean, you got a nice quarterback, which mm-hmm. a lot of teams would have liked to and have. Another running back out of the portal. Another running back. You've uh, shifted things up with some of your hires. And it was funny. He went to the, the basketball game last night with Coach Smith. And big thanks to him and the single barrel for having us out for a real red tip-off. And the guys behind uh, us in the uh, the, the, the section – I mean, and and I love them. They're they're probably my age or a little younger, probably a little bit younger, probably mid thirties. Okay, and it's during a timeout, and you know Illinois has put a run together to cut into Nebraska's lead that was at one point sixteen to four, and they're they're like the two old guys from the Muppets right in the balcony. Yep, and they're just kind of 
Well, I'm trying not to buy into this damn Kool-Aid and hype. They switched from basketball to, and I just love, it wasn't purposely eavesdropping, but I couldn't ignore it. And they're like, well, quarterback looks pretty good. They got a stud running back out of NM. Hey, Chenander's defense over-delivered last year. Maybe they'll be really – so they're, they're talking themselves into why it can be okay, and that's fine, why it's going to be okay in 2022. They immediately go from, well, that was a stupid shot by Verge, to <laughs> – it's like the opening scene from Major League. Well, these guys aren't, you know, halfway through the movie, from the, the opening scene of, well, this team's really crappy – to, hey, they're not too bad. Or they're around 500 at the All-Star break. <laughs> it's a roller it was so funny to hear, you know, Nebraska fans just in the backdrop, just normal water cooler chat about, yeah, we'll see. But to me, it always comes down to this in the Big Ten. You hear Coach McBride hammer it a lot because he knows it. You hear Coach Frost talk about it. You've got one of the best in um, strength and conditioning in Duval down there for Nebraska and how Nebraska attacks their strength and conditioning. It's going on right now, winter conditioning. That'll tell the tale, right? Because it always comes down to me, how's your depth? How's your development? And can you can you be somewhat fresh? No, but can you can you will yourself to a tough finish in November in the Big Ten because it is a meat grinder week in, week out, and the way things are stacked for you, specifically Nebraska and a lot of other teams, I mean, it is last man standing. That is, to me, all about what kind of depth you can develop, how's your strength and conditioning, and then, honestly, your crossovers. Who are you drawing? What's your crossover look like? How are your games stacked? And and right now you you have a, a slew of eight and four, nine and four football teams coming into not the same roster, but you have a nine and four Purdue, you have a nine and four Minnesota, you have an eight and four Wisconsin, right? You have Iowa that finished with ten wins. I mean that's that's a people make fun of the Western Division, but Nebraska and Illinois and, and Northwestern the ones that weren't that good. And Illinois finished pretty strong. I mean, they were right on the cusp of a bowl win, not to mention two top 25 wins, one at Penn State by the pig farmer. But to me, I look at the schedule and how it was redistributed. I'm disappointed that Nebraska is getting Michigan moved back. I know you had to flip-flop things, and I know that you, you needed to go to Purdue because you owed them one in West Lafayette. And I also know that it was time for Wisconsin to come back to Lincoln. Totally get it. You needed to, to, to do that Which is and a good fix draw. that. Yeah. Right. But, man, originally Nebraska was supposed to play Michigan the 15th of October. We were going to be in Ann Arbor on a glorious fall day. But now that has shifted to November, November 12th. Mm. So you get Michigan in cold, throwback Big Ten weather. I get it. How's Nebraska's finish? Stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> you fi- And really, you get your bye week after Purdue. You get Illinois and Lincoln. Not easy, just because of how physical they are. Back to strength and conditioning and depth and 
How are you on the lines of scrimmage? You host Minnesota. Minnesota's won a few in a row against you. You're at Michigan. You host Wisconsin. You travel to Iowa on Black Friday. We'll be there for that. Roadshow. I'm calling it now. But that's your finish. Five and seven, nine and four, college football playoff semifinalist, eight and four, West Division champs, ten and three. That's your finish for Nebraska. Your crossovers, no one's doable right now for Nebraska, but in Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, you do get Indiana at home, and they've got to have a bounce-back season, and then Rutgers. You know, you want to know who really got hammered? Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers, this is their schedule. They're in the East, but then their, their crossovers are at Iowa, at Nebraska, and uh, Minnesota, excuse me. They host Iowa, they host Nebraska, and then they're, they're at Minnesota on top okay. of Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State. So we go two Rutgers. Yes, in October. You have two, you have two games in October. And I love how beautiful Lincoln is in October. Think about this October. But you start October and you end October in Lincoln. You start out, as of we, as of we talk right now, in Ireland against Northwestern. Uh, you end with Oklahoma as part of your non-conference. You have a bye before you hook up with Indiana in Lincoln. And then the middle of October, you're at Rutgers, you're at Purdue, bye week, and then that uh, death march of Indiana, make that Illinois, excuse me, Illinois, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. Huh. So you got to get the six. The last time we played Rutgers was at Rutgers, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was the... Uh, and... It was, it was the, uh, the first half, second half tale of Adrian. Oh, my Lord. With turnovers and Isn't then... Isn't that the way to play? Wow. Yeah. Well, interesting. We can go there back to back. Yeah. Interesting. So we have this. Iowa, their close is Wisconsin at Minnesota, Nebraska. Very difficult close for Iowa. Their crossovers mentioned Rutgers, but they're also, they host Michigan. Okay. Iowa also is at Ohio State this year. It's about time. Wisconsin, their close at Iowa, at Nebraska, Minnesota. Their crossover at Maryland, at Ohio State. And um, so... Ohio State is drawing two of the West halves, but they host. And then Minnesota, they're closed. Northwestern, Iowa, at, excuse me, at Wisconsin on that Black Friday. And the Minnesota crossovers, Sparty and at Penn State. They're on the road for both of those. So Yikes. crossover-wise, Nebraska's, I'm going to say now, has the advantage. You can't ever put anything in ink with Nebraska. And uh, just how the, the things have gone in the Big Ten. You were one in eight this year. Do but, you think? Sorry, somebody. Do you think anything happens with the North Dakota game? Do you think any changes are made to that at all? No, because you need a win. Okay. And I know there's no buy, and you you scheduled something last year in week two because, well, technically. You didn't want to. You don't want to have. You don't want to burn one of your buys that early. You right. just don't. Now the tricky part will be getting your body clock readjusted after Ireland. Yeah. Now if if things don't get better, you, you'll need to look at still playing that in Ireland. I would move it to Chicago, and see if Wrigley or Soldier Field's available. 
if Northwestern would want to give up a home game in their high school gym or football field, forgive me. So schedule's out. They flip-flop. You, you get to host Wisconsin, which is good. You go to Purdue. Things are back on track with the home and away setup. And your game was moved, and you traded Purdue mid-October for Michigan in November. Tough close for Nebraska, but you're, you got to be used to it by now. Well, I, to me, I, I think Purdue's – I always thought Minnesota was like the, the king trap game of the Big Ten. Purdue's kind of turning in, into that for me. Uh, so, you know, I would love to have Purdue here, but I'd rather have Wisconsin here than, you know, Purdue. Let's hear from Fred Hoiberg. Uh, Nebraska falls by 10 uh, to uh, a really good Illinois team, a team that cracked the top 25. Good for Nebraska. They came out on fire. They were up 12 hit uh, quite a bit of their first three-point attempts, four for four to start out. But as always, it comes down to this team's makeup when it comes to executing and doing the little things physically, that is rebounding and boxing out, and then making some plays on offense. Fred, uh, after last night's game on Nebraska's lack of finish. Bryce hits the two free throws under the four-minute media timeout, and they come out and get two offensive rebounds in that first possession, had a good stop, and they uh, uh, we don't hit. We don't hit their big guy, and he, and he goes in and gets two chances at it and uh, opens up a lead uh, for them. Um, you know, we came down, and... Uh, I believe that was a shot that got blocked. Uh, ran a place for Bryce to get downhill to his right hand. I thought he had good attack, uh, and they made a hell of a play at the rim on it. Came back, their roller got behind us and, and gets the dunk to put him up four. I think the next possession was the free throws, and then we came down and didn't execute the play that was called uh, on the free throw line. We had three guys in the right spot, two guys not. And it, you know, it's a, obviously a horrible time um, in crunch time to not go down and execute. We have a poor possession. And, you know, we felt we had a good play called that could have uh, got us to the rim, maybe got us to the free throw line. And, uh, you know, we didn't execute it. They came down and hit a couple threes there at the end. I thought we guarded the three all night long extremely well. You know, when you play a team like this with Kofi, with four shooters around him, uh, you can't take away everything. You know, the decision was made to play mostly one-on-one in the post try to dig in there when we could. I thought we executed some good fouls there at the end to put him on the free throw line, uh, but they hit the big ones there at the end of the game uh, when it mattered most. You know, our effort was phenomenal. I thought we fought him all the way to the end. Just got to execute better down the stretch. That is fair to say, and uh, Nebraska still has the drought, seven-and-a-half-minute drought in the first half. You're up 12. Uh, Illinois then goes on a 25-4 to run. You finish with an 11-0 spurt yourself as Nebraska 34-31 at the half. But honestly, after Bryce hits a couple of free throws, after you battled back from being down, Illinois does what they do. And uh, Frazier was incredible, uh, really directed that offense. You had Kofi in foul trouble, so he wasn't on the floor. That honestly kind of opened things up for Illinois. And him not being in the paint there offensively. Nebraska really did a good job. Derek Walker's awesome. Derek Walker needs the rest of his teammates, not named Trey McGowan's, to to follow his lead and start being unselfish. It was better, but you still have empty possessions. And and listen, Nebraska didn't have a ton of turnovers, but, well, the, the, the turnovers, something as simple as an entry pass to Eduardo from... Yep. From Verge, where you're it's a turnover. Yep. I mean, just stupid passes 
you know, Fred had, had played dodgeball last night a couple of times on the sideline where guys picked their dribble up, and you have you still have over dribbling. You didn't have a good night last night from from Kobe. Uh, he wasn't really on fire, uh, and, and he had some turnover issues. Uh, I, I thought Kisei shot well early, and I thought it was the right call to get his ass out of the game the final five minutes defensively because oh, yeah. no. he's just a nightmare defensively. Yeah. He's just overmatched. But the problem is is you got Walker putting a body on somebody, and you got two guards and a, and a forward watching, watching. I do like Wiltshire. I hope Wiltshire's a guy that gets more and more time because I like his defensive effort. Uh, he's a guy that is either hot or cold from three-point land, but but I think he's a guy that can help you win. You really need Trey to come back and, and get this thing going. Uh, Bryce, man, had some highlight moments. Big-time wow dunks. Struggled from his mid-range a little bit, but I thought he played a decent game. But you got to get both ends of the floor from him. That's a, a, still a work in progress. We'll uh, spend some time here on Nebraska Items here with Mike Babcock next on Hale Varsity. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for your time, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Thoughts from Coach Kaczynski in one hour. Eddie Markowski weighs in on Big Red Basketball. We welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer, and Husker Insider with Hale Varsity, Mike Babcock at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, uh, did you go last night or were you glued to the edge of your, your couch with Big Red Basketball? I was glued to the edge of my recliner, um, and I really thought, I, I told my wife when the game started, I really thought Nebraska might win the game. I, I don't know what I based that on, but I just had a sense that the Huskers would, and you know, for a time there, it appears as if they, they might pull it out. I mean, it it, it was only, uh, they were tied with about four minutes to no, go. No. And uh, and then things kind of fell apart a little bit. But by the same token, you got to credit Illinois as a good team. There's no question about that. And uh, to do what it did, and with Coburn on the, on the bench, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was impressive. So... I'm more inclined to give Illinois credit than to jump on Nebraska too much. But uh, it is concerning to me. It didn't seem like the, there was a big crowd there. There wasn't. I mean, it was – and it, it's funny to look at just the the last – has it been 10 years? I think it has been. 10 years of PBA. Yeah, yeah. So 10 years and, you know, you have the opener against Miami and – Tommy Lee's out there banging away on whatever his synthesizer was, right? And uh, uh, 
now you fast forward, and that place has always been kind of a happening, right? You've always had folks arrive right at tip-off time from the rail yard, and they're ready to scream their head off. And you remember moments like No Sit Sunday or some of the other big wins you had during the Miles era, and then the excitement with Fred. And, and I think the excitement is it's been drained because you've had a team of, of, of guys that have transferred in and you don't have some that everyone's left, but you've not had that much carryover or continuity. I mean, it's been a new roster every year, it feels like, or at least some key pieces. Not in, not in every instance, but a lot of the pieces. And then you've had some some blowout uh, blowout losses this year where you question the team's effort. You can get blown out, but it's not happened that often where you question the effort. That's happened for the first time multiple times this year. So you're going to have a thinner crowd, Babbers, just because Nebraska fans are 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 tired of what they're seeing. I mean, there's there's boos that happen uh, when when you have a bad possession, and and you can hear some groans or some frustration, but there's been flat out boos because. You, you see the same movie over and over again on the basketball court with with some bad shots a lot of times. Oh yeah, and, and I'm not criticizing the fans in any way. No, and I'm not. Point. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying it. It was light. You're right on. It was light last night. And it's just it. It's just a sad, sad kind of state of affairs from that standpoint because you know the the fans are are, are a big part of what makes uh, Nebraska athletics special mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know the the women's basketball game the other day drew eight thousand better than eight thousand. Yeah, it was um, rocking. Yeah, I mean the enthusiasm there, and 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 so I'm just I just would like to see the the enthusiasm, and I know that that's going to have to come with with improvement of, of play, consistency of play, um, because we've seen spurts, but but it never seems to hold together. You know, it just all of a sudden there's. There's a stretch there where things don't go exactly right. And, again, I want to credit Illinois because mm-hmm. Illinois did some good things down the stretch, uh, even though Nebraska gave it everything it had. Well, Frazier's that, that difference maker. He's oh. that dude. And he took over, and he had a couple of threes. He made a couple of plays. And uh, that is eventually what you want to see Bryce McGowan's turn into or Verge or when you get Trey McGowan's back. Uh, the the one shining light has been Walker this year. Do you agree? Oh yeah, no question about that. I, I thought uh, great credit to him what he did there when when he and Coburn were both on the floor. I, I thought he held his held his own as much as you can for a, for a talent like Coburn. And uh, you know, as you pointed out, and we said Coburn's on the bench at the end because he got four fouls, and he did get a double double. But uh, he was having he was having some. Uh, Concerns trying to to stay with uh, Derek on some of the things that Derek did. Mike Babcock's with us. A few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio. Mike, how big is the Purdue ball game? I mean, is it is it kind of one of those tipping point? I, I know they're top ten. I know they're uh, two, three seed, one seed. I mean, just depending on the week of the the crop report. But from a from a competitiveness and an effort standpoint, it's got to be there on the road Friday, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and you know it, it's on the road, and it's a really good team. Um, but you've got to see the you've got to see the consistent effort, and uh, you know you, you just got to avoid if you if you can 
avoid those things, the mistakes that are not forced by the other team, but to some degree that you make yourself, um, and attention to detail, which is kind of what Hoiberg talked about. Um, I, I think you have to have good effort from that standpoint. I don't know that you're going to go to West Lafayette and win the game right. against a team like that. And, you know, that's the other thing is Nebraska's early schedule in the conference is brutal. Um, and, you know, I know the announcers on TV are like, oh, you know, the big dad is just rugged all the way around. But um, Nebraska's had a pretty good pretty good run here against some teams that that are probably going to be uh, in the NCAA tournament and have some success there. And so you got to get to that point in the schedule where you're you're playing hard and you're not getting discouraged. Um, which that's a, that's a concern also is that when you do go through these stretches like this, um, it's easy to get down. I'm I'm sure, and uh, you've got to avoid that. So you, you want to see those things at Purdue, but um, play hard. And again, it's difficult sometimes when things are going the way they are, but. Uh, um, I expect that Nebraska will. Um, I think Hoiberg, uh, with each game, maybe is doing a little bit better job of getting this message across. And I think guys are responding, and when they don't, I think they see the bench for a bit. Yeah, and uh, better late than never when, when it comes to that accountability. Mike, let's flip gears and talk Nebraska football. Schedule today came out, uh, a few tweaks with – Wisconsin coming to Lincoln, Nebraska going to Purdue, and then you flip-flop when Purdue was scheduled to play Nebraska and uh, Michigan. So you go from a a mid-October Michigan scheduling to uh, part of that that death march finish. What do you you see when you see this schedule with Nebraska? Yeah, uh, death march. That's a good way to to put it. So when I saw that, I thought, oh, well, maybe they're getting rid of Michigan. They're not going to have Michigan on the schedule either, but... (laughs) No, um, yeah, just... there it is, and now we moved them back to the end of the schedule, so it's it's a it's a tough run there. But you know, same thing I said about last season. I guess you, this team, you just have to approach it the way it is, and your first concern is to have success against Northwestern and in Dublin, and uh, and then go from there. And there, you know, there was some talk about the the second game getting maybe changed mm-hmm. uh, somehow, but you got a couple of non-conference games there where you're going to win, kind of scheduled wins, and then um, then you got Oklahoma coming into Memorial Stadium. So, again, you can't be looking ahead to that Oklahoma game, but you've got to be, you got to play it one game at a time and, and deal with the schedule as it's, as it's presented to you. And, and if you can do that, um, you know, that was the tough thing. It was losing to Illinois in the opener last year. Um, gosh, that just changes the dynamic, I think. Um, a winnable game and you don't win. Um, and and now I think you've got the same kind of a situation setting up here as you've got a winnable game to start the season off. Um, focus on that. Don't worry about how the schedule shakes out at the end um, because you need to get into a position where you're, you're playing for something at that point rather than um, just trying to pick up the pieces and and put it together for next season. There's no off weeks in the Big Ten, and Babbers, with the way the the West finished out this 2021 season with the number of eight and nine win teams, could you make an argument it's one, it was one of the tougher divisions in Power Five? Yeah, no, I think that I think that's true. I think it was interesting. You know, as crazy as it sounds, when they were 
when they were looking for a couple of teams to play in bowl games because of the COVID, you know, mm-hmm. had there had there been an opportunity, Nebraska wouldn't have been, you know, wasn't reasonable. But I could have also almost seen Nebraska being in a bowl game from the standpoint of this team plays hard against mm-hmm. good teams yeah. and comes up just short. I mean, that, that would have been an interesting bowl game, I think. Uh, a Nebraska team that's that's uh, what three and nine and and going against a a, a bowl eligible team, see what happened. I, I'm not so sure that there are too many teams at that level. You know, you're not going to be playing in a major bowl, but if playing in one of those bowls, if Nebraska win it, I'm not sure that Nebraska would win the game. Um, just because they showed that the Huskers showed that throughout the season, and I, and I know that's a crazy thing to say, but. Um, to me, that would have been interesting if Nebraska would have played in a bowl game because of the way the season went. That was not the record was not reflective of the kind of team Nebraska had. Uh, I, I I stand by that. I really really believe that. Um, and uh, it, it's unfortunate that uh, you know it had to turn out that way. You didn't get it. You couldn't flip maybe three of those things and become bowl eligible, but. Um, certainly Nebraska could have played in a bowl and probably been successful at a lower level. Mike, a uh, way too early favorite for the West. Uh, I I, I kind of thought Purdue, because of what they had uh, coming back, and I know what they didn't have in the bowl game, and it kind of surprised me and made a case for maybe a favorite. I know Iowa's got to, got to reload a little bit, and then Wisconsin's Wisconsin. they got to get better. A consistency at quarterback play, but they were still there at eight wins. And then there's Minnesota at nine and four. Who do you like? And I know I know Illinois was just a a game away from being bowl eligible as well. And Northwestern is good at rebounding from from tough years. And then there's Nebraska that was right there in every ball game as well. So I guess I'm asking you. Good luck picking the West. Yeah, I would agree with that. You can flip a coin. I think for some. So Purdue, obviously, that, that's a big break now because they get Nebraska at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have to come to Memorial Stadium. Is that right? Yep, that's true. So there you go. So that's, but uh, no, I, I wouldn't deign to to pick a favorite. I, I think it's going to be a a real scramble. Now, do you think Nebraska can make that big of a turnaround to compete in the division? That's that's the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. I mean, again, this season was not what it seemed um, because of the uh, of how hard Nebraska played and the opportunity it had to to get there but uh, you know I don't know if you can turn it around that dramatically in one season but by the same token I don't know how you can have a record like Nebraska had that dramatically the way the Huskers played Mike Babcock with us Babbers will do this again next week thanks for the time bud hey thanks for having me be safe hello listener this is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale.
Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for your time with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Andy Markowski coming up. Mike Schuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf, in a moment. Let's squeeze Paul in here real quick. Paul, thanks for listening. Go ahead. I don't want to come off as a Husker hater. I'm the exact opposite. I'm the biggest supporter you ever met. Two questions, though, and they're going to sound negative. Do we expect much change in our special teams this coming year when you consider that our special team coordinator was the advisor for special teams before he was elevated? Yeah, I I expect change because of Bill Bush's track record with special teams, for one. For two, he can actually be on the field and coach it. It's one thing to analyze it and suggest some, some tweaks here and there, but he'll be hands on with it. And to be honest with you, I think Coach Dawson did what he could, right? It comes down to some guys executing as well. I think you're going to have a better choice of participants. I think you're going to have a better field goal kicker. You're going to have a better punter, and you're going to have drilled detail when it comes to lining up. You know, Iowa's like, okay, let's dive in and take a look at where Nebraska's weakness is on punt block, or I should say punt protection. They found a spot. They blocked it. There goes momentum. Here comes Iowa coming from behind. I don't think you're going to have that happen with Bill Bush because that is his gig. And that's uh, hopefully from your mouth to God's ear. Uh, (laughs) Second uh, point, I hate being a negative person on this stuff. Do we expect that our defensive coordinator can get it truly done? I mean, I know that there's been improvement on the defense, but how many times when we needed a stop, this last season when we should have won at least, what, three or four games? Mm -hmm. But we never got the final stop on anybody. You know, you have fair points, Paul, with the especially the last three games. What Nebraska give up on the ground? Too much, right? I mean, you had some some big-time rushing yardage by Goodson. You had Allen go for two bills. It didn't look like the same Nebraska defense. I I rewind to that second half against Michigan – where that was as fine of a half of a defensive performance as you've seen in a while. Yeah. Uh, you you had the offense put up more points last year towards the end of the year, okay? But, man, they weren't doing it early. I think it was cumulative, to be frank with you. And, yes, you got to be better, but the hope is to have the offense helping out the defense. You haven't had complimentary football here for quite a few years. You have uh, some of that mileage taken off your back if you're Nebraska football defensively by an offense that's ready to go and can put up some points. You're, you should win a ton of ball games, allowing 22 points a game defensively. Sure. And uh, I'm just looking at uh, Chenander and just thinking, man, uh, the Scots' biggest uh, knock from pundits and everyone left and right was that he brought a staff that was good enough for Central Florida but was not ready for uh, Power 5 Big Ten uh, games, uh, Big Ten opponents. And I... Uh, I'm, I'm praying that he succeeds. I'm praying for our Huskers. I'm just worried that um, that we need to get some more Big Ten coaching. Well, I think Shenander, he's, he's coached at Power 5 before. I mean, he's been at Oregon. He's been in the NFL. So, I mean, Shenander's developed a defense that was a shadow of what they've become. Are they 9 No. Are they, uh, are they 88 good? No. Um, but... They were, they were good enough. Paul, thanks for the phone call, bud. Thank you, guys. Uh-huh. Good stuff from Paul, man. Love those questions. Can email as well, chris at alevarsity.com. We're going to squeeze Shuey in here in a little bit. 
and uh, get his take on you know, some Big Red and then also some PGA stuff. Because I hope somebody's golfing today at 57 degrees January 12th. That's that's kind of my dream, that somebody's out there or thinking about going out there or just finishing up around. That'd be awesome. Uh, I was asked, hey, can you go swing the clubs today? <laughs> Sadly, no, I couldn't golf. So we'll see if Shuey's available uh, from Wilderness Ridge. We're a couple of minutes tardy with him, but wanted to get Paul's phone call at number to, to dial in at 466-3776-800-825-5865. Uh, can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com uh, and... Uh, Find us on Twitter at Will on the Radio for Will Wilson at Schmidt underscore radio uh, is where you find me, uh, Chris Schmidt. Uh, coming up, we're about 15 minutes away from Andy Markowski. Get to Andy's take on uh, Big Red Basketball, uh, and then we'll spend some time with Kaz. He'll sound off on, on special teams. We'll get his take on the Bill Bush edition and then a jock doc. So... A couple of fair questions there by Paul. What do you think? Will, I'll throw it to you. I, I gave my two cents. I think they'll be good enough defensively. Are they going to be great? It comes down to finding the pass rusher. Yeah. we got to replace a lot of the back end. And you've got to have some guys that got their feet wet with more of a role responsibility. They've got to take that next step on the interior. You lot of lost a super. You lost a lot of super seniors that were great football players. Cam Taylor, Britton, JoJo specifically, and a heart and soul guy in Stilly. Uh, when it comes to uh, the special teams, no one's going to jack around with with Bill Bush. He's going to make it happen, and he'll have the right personnel in place, and 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 they'll be able to execute. Yeah, that's my. I don't really doubt on that, no. to be honest with you. It was an afterthought. Quite frankly, it's talked about in appropriate terms about special teams is important. Well, now you put your money where your mouth is about the importance of special teams because you've got someone dedicated to it yeah. that's done well with it. Yeah, and I get Paul's point. He's saying we better see a change, you know, because if we don't, then why did we do it? We've just lay, r- kind of rattled off the schedule. Yeah, Special teams are going to be your difference mm-hmm. along with your defense and along with an offense that isn't way hit or miss and uh, very sporadic with a big play, but you're held to three or you don't even make the three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all hand in hand here. And talking about the defense, it's weird. There was a group of people who thought the defense was great. There was a group of people that thought, you know, like you said, they just they were just good enough. I was in the boat that I thought they were better than, uh, you know, just enough. Best you've seen in a long time. Yeah, and I mean, we still got talent on that side of the ball. We got guys that have been in the program for for three years now, which I I like. You know, you're getting guys in that in the in the room and, and studying things. So I don't know, um, Schmitty. I, I about called you uh, my other co-host. No. Uh, yeah, no. Lexi's golf, and it's okay. By the way, I did see people golfing yesterday. You mentioned that uh, I did see people golfing yesterday, and you, you didn't only miss golf. We're also missing the company party. No, I know. I mean, and you know what? The the company parties at it, at a great spot in Lincoln. Uh, four o'clock is this Shuey? All right, let's let's squeeze Shuey on and let's let's hold him. Shuey, I've got a minute, and we're gonna roll you over to after after the fifty break. Okay, so we get time with you. Love it. All right. Uh, okay, we just had Paul call in. 
Do you expect a change in special teams? And will the defense be as good next year? We'll, we'll pose those questions to you. That's a couple of talking points this segment here. About 30 seconds. What do you think? Me? Yeah, you, big cat. Oh, man. How can it be worse? <laughs> so That's what I think. So by, no way it could be worse. By it default, by default, she was like, yes. I'm in. All right, I'm going to put you on. I'm going to put you on hold because I don't want to punch you. Uh, I, be ready to rock. We'll talk some PGA. We'll talk some football. We'll talk some hoops. Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge on deck. Should we hang on uh, and, and heckle that uh, that par putt that's uh, being attempted right now at Wilderness? Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf, joining us here, a rapid-fire segment with Shuey. Shuey, how many folks golfing out of Wilderness today? There was a lot that wanted to. We, Our course wasn't quite ready to open up yet, so there no was worries. a lot of unhappy people. 58 <laughs> degrees this time of the year? I wouldn't want to be out there. Well, you know what? I, I would have lost a ball or two, but, man, at least we're, we're getting that type of weather. So uh, what did last night do for you as a avid Nebraska basketball fan? You feel any better or are you still pissed? What? Husker basketball. I just want to know how. I just want to know how Fred Hoiberg doesn't resign. Okay, that's the most disgusting display of basketball I've ever seen. Even last night, it was terrible. So they're shooting layups, and we're shooting half court three pointers. They went as you're many. You're not going to win very. Ma- you're not going to win very many games like that. Because I get, that's what happened. They I get made it. them in the beginning, and then they couldn't make anything in the end, and it's like it was bad. It's bad basketball. All right, moving on, Chewy. <laughs> You're like, eh, you know. Uh, okay, so he's six and fifty. No, he's I, six, I know. He's I, six and fifty. How do you justify that? You can't. You, you there's can't. no. There's no way. There's no if way I did to that justify. At my job, I'd be gone. We'll see if things turn around against Purdue. Right. Um, take the points. Joking. Yeah. Uh, Chewy, <laughs> if you could fix one thing at Memorial Stadium, what would it be? You had a fan survey out for. Uh, for Husker football fans, uh, a survey being distributed to uh, to all the donors. Make the seats bigger. Okay. So bigger seats, says Chewy. That's that's very fair. How about a party deck? That'd be all right. Yeah. Okay. Be better be a big one. No, it's it's that would work. So PGA thought Chewy, uh, who takes a step forward this twenty twenty two tour? Who are you looking at? Who's the name? Uh, I think John Rahm will continue doing what he kind of finished off with last year, and he obviously showed that the first tournament out. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how good these guys are. How about John Rahm breaking the 72-hole scoring record and losing by two? That's nuts. That's nuts. Is right. I mean, it's amazing how good these guys play, and they and make golf look really easy. Not that easy. Chewy, who takes a step back in 2022? Uh... Jordan Spieth. Okay. Again. You know, he's, I don't think he's quite there yet. You know, he's fighting some demons 
You yeah. know, he got away with a lot of stuff, and it's like he's got to learn how to hit the ball better, you know, and not just survive on his putter being really good. Chewy, what's going on at Wilderness, man? Uh, I got uh, memberships available, and tell me about that swim okay. bar. They're working like crazy, man. They've had some great weather. They're working that pool over. It's going to be done. It's going to be awesome. It's been uh, our, our membership director, Tammy Nagel, is, her phone's been ringing off the hook. So lots of memberships coming in. So super exciting stuff that's happening. So we're, we can't wait. Our golf shop and academy has been uh, rocking for the last month. So a lot of people using that. So a lot of neat stuff happening. Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Go see Shuey to get fixed uh, with your golf game. Get a membership and uh, enjoy that uh, swim-up bar soon to be in, uh, in operation. Shuey, we'll, exactly. we'll get it rocking a little bit longer next time. Thanks for making time today. You bet. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Thanks. you. There he is, Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Maybe they'll go win one for Shuey against Purdue. Eddie Markowski's next hour, too, with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it. Hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I love our weekly chats with the pride of Ord, Husker standout Andy Markowski with us, and you can follow him on Twitter at Markowski underscore Andy. Well, Andy, uh, a tough one last night at PBA for Nebraska basketball. The men, man, uh, went toe-to-toe with Illinois, but uh, a familiar issue, and that's finishing. At least you had better effort. That's kind of a, a baseline for me, but they looked a lot better. What, what was some of your takeaways no i agree you know you, you got off to a, a, a terrific start and built a lead and then had some things go against you in the first half you know really had a chance to maybe um you know pack it up and 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 lose again you know by 30 uh points but they they fought they got it back to a lead at halftime and and to your point you know with a couple minutes to go the game the game was in question where where you know, we were making plays and answering Illinois' runs, um, but, you know, just not able to, you know, get a key rebound, get a key stop, you know, hit a key basket, um, you know, kind of the MO of, of, of this team in close games. But, you know, there were stretches where, you know, I thought they played better, uh, together, give Walker credit. He really competed inside against, you know, what is a, you know, tremendous talent and, and Cockburn in, inside, but, um yeah, just another disappointing loss, and it doesn't get any easier. They're at Purdue, so just a brutal Big Ten slate. Andy Markowski with us, Hale Varsity Radio. I want to get into kind of the dynamics of, you know, a final four minutes. And listen, the kids on the roster have competed at a high level. 
Many of them have been at other programs that have won. Okay. So I, I don't think it's an issue of guys have not, they, they've experienced winning, but maybe not as the guy, right? So what's the trick? What, what can Fred do so it's different next time? Because they've been in a lot of these ball games. I mean, they're on a, a, a tough skid against, you know, major uh, competition. And uh, I think it's now at 13, you know, straight losses against power five, air quote, squads. They've got some talent, but man, between communication and shot selection and the, the, the first possession Illinois had after the free throws by Bryce to tie it, we're talking three cracks at the rim where three guys, not Walker, mind you, but, but everyone else is watching someone else. Well, not box out and it, it's just maddening and fred's gotta gotta just be sick yeah well you know everybody looks at the last two minutes and you know those plays are magnified because you can start to, to you know replay the game backwards and, and and those plays stand out to you but but really this team the, the margin of of success with this team is is small right i mean they they, they can't have you know a bunch of empty possessions silly turnovers um, you know, rebounding, as you illustrated, you know, especially late when they had three, you know, three tips at, at, at you know, scoring a key basket in the game. Um, they just got to keep going back to work to clean up all of those plays because, you know, th- those are the differences of, of, of winning a close game in the Big Ten. Um, you know, maybe you're up six, you know, late versus being tied or down four. If, if you can clean up some of that stuff, stuff through the middle stretches of the game, uh, you know, I think our shot selection, has improved, which has allowed us to get back uh, in conversion defense and, and take teams, um, you know, out of some of their transition, which we were losing, you know, to, to teams early in the season and non-conference. Uh, so they're, they're making progress, uh, Chris. But to your point, you know, kids got to step up. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you, you have to want to win. You've got to will yourself to win. You've, you've got to be in the trenches with, with your teammates to win. And, and uh, you know, you hope that, that they're there for the right reasons. But, you know, losing is a skill just like winning is a skill. And, and this group, uh, as like the football team, you know, I don't think they've, you know, they, they get to that point. I think they think bad things are going to happen and they're going to lose versus, hey, I'm going to make this play to help us win. And, and that mindset uh, is, is hard to overcome. And, and hopefully, you know, they've got to win in, in order to make that next step to, to believe in themselves. And, you know, it just doesn't. You know, the schedule just does not get any easier. There, there's no give-me's uh, in the Big Ten schedule. Did you ever live in that neighborhood uh, on a team where, oh, God, we're, we're right here. Uh, I hope we don't screw up. I mean, was that ever something you had to, to kind of climb over uh, in your career? Yeah, I, I don't know if, if truly they're sitting there thinking, you know, hey um, – you know, if I don't, you know, make a player, if I don't do this, I, you know, we're, we're going to lose the game, but it's just that will of, you know, to your point, like going back to that rebounding analogy, like if you are all in, you are not backpedaling out of the lane when you need to get a rebound, right? I mean, you are running to, to, to go get the basketball, um, you know, and th- those are the, the, the simple plays that, you know, when losing really sucks and you hate to lose, um, you will will yourself to do things to help your team win. And I don't know if this group is 
you know, I don't know if they have a sole purpose of, of winning. I think they're all here for different reasons. And, and Fred has not been able to, to kind of, you know, drive the catalyst of why you're here versus the purpose of, 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 of playing for Nebraska and playing for this team. And, and that does not a negative. That's hard to do. It's hard to get a group of people to, to come together when everybody has individual goals and, and, and get them with one purpose. But when, when that purpose is I'm here to help Nebraska win, and that's what you're leading with, usually good things are happening. And, and I don't know if this group is, is at that point. Um, and, and sometimes those plays, you know, a selfish shot or a selfish turnover, you know, just just uh, those things will come back and, and bite you. And that's what this team has, has had issues with. A few minutes here, Andy Markowski with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Andy, uh, a thought here on on the, the roster and, and how Nebraska has gone about building their roster in the Hoiberg era. And really, it, it goes back to before Fred as well. I mean, Nebraska's looked at, at the transfer market to bring in some high-profile guys uh, kind of on a second dance, so to speak. And moving forward with uh, with Fred and, and his staff, uh, I'm interested if there's tweaks and changes or if this is what he knows and how he wanted Iowa State, if he's going to continue to do it. They, they do go after some high school kids, so it's not all just let's go grab a transfer portal guy. But it's it's pretty littered right now with guys contributing aside from Bryce uh, that that are guys that are from a different program. Do you do you reassess that here after now a really tough third year? Yeah, and I don't know if it's just transfers. You know, I mean, everybody has their own DNA of of, of why they're here and and the purpose they have in being a college athlete. You know, I, I think they have to reassess you know, the, 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 the characteristics that they're recruiting, there's no doubt this team is, is, is talented. I mean, you, 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 you know, throw them in an open gym and, and, and they're as talented kids on that roster, but, but winning is, is more than, and just talent, you know, building a program is more than just taking, you know, the next four or five star kid, you know, that's in the transfer portal, you know, how do you, how do you fit that together? You know, how do you, how do you lead with that purpose? You know, I look at Texas tech. I mean, have you ever been to Levick, Texas? I mean, how, how does Texas no. Tech build a winning program, right? I mean, they just upset Baylor, the number one team in the country. Uh, those kids fought every possession, you know, tooth and nail, um, you know, battled back from 14 down. And, and you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that we have to be Texas Tech. I'm saying it can be done, um, but it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard to recruit. It's hard to blend kids in that, that all have different, you know, aspirations once they get to college. Um, I think the transfer portal is great. Um, but I, I think they have to look at, at, at finding, you know, some pieces that uh, are, are Walker ish, right. That are unselfish, that are willing to, you know, just really compete in their role. What, what, what do I need to do to help the team win versus what do I need to do to make myself look good? Um, and when you, when you have a nice blend of, of, of those different roles and people accept their role and, and are willing to do that to, to help the team win, that's how you have success. And, and I just don't believe that this roster um, is there. Uh, well, can, can it be morphed and changed or a couple pieces added to get to that? You know, we'll see. You know, that's what, what Fred is paid to do and the, and the coaching staff is, is paid to recruit. Um, but it, it doesn't appear that the pieces fit together and, and, the, and the purpose of winning uh, is the lead of why these kids are here. That, that's just my outside opinion. Um, but, but, you know, I, I've been impressed with the Ohio state game. I've been impressed with them in the Illinois game. I think they're making a lot of 
a lot of strides in areas that they needed to get better at to be competitive in the Big Ten. And, you know, I think the program's at a crossroads. We'll see who wants to be here for, for, for the right reasons because wins are going to be hard in this league, and it's going to be easy for this group to check out if, if they're not in it for each other or in it to represent Nebraska and help Nebraska win. Andy, uh, let's spend a second here on on Walker and uh, the work he's been doing. He has really stepped his game up. He's playing well. He's always been unselfish, but he's the heart and soul. Can can guys look at him and say, "Man, let's let, let's start playing not only with Walker, but let's start playing for a guy that's selling out for his every possession." Could he be a catalyst? I, I think you know. Fred changed a lot with what he did over Christmas, right, to go through Walker. I, I think he wanted to, to feature him because he, I think Fred sees that in him, that he's you know willing to make the right play and help the team win. And you know, I think Trey McGowan's coming back is another piece of, of that. I mean, I think Trey's an unselfish you know kid that will do a lot of little things to help you win. So you know, I think it's by committee, Chris. Mm-hmm. I, I think Fred tilted some things to – to, to allow Walker to have more of a, a footprint on on the, the game strategy and the outcome of these games. But, um, you know, you can't beg and plead. I mean, kids kids got to respond uh, with, with, with toughness and, and with winning plays and, you know, getting uh, McGowan's with, you know, with four years of, of high major experience back and some toughness. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, he gets back sooner than later. But, you know, you add him, you know, now, now you have a, a couple, two to three guys that are, are, are playing hard doing the little things, and you hope that carries over to help them win. Eddie, your reaction to the, uh, well, the contract extension that's a year and a half old that no one really looked at hard, and, and that's Fred's buyout at $18.5 million. Uh the the team's not been winning. It's it's year three. There's questions about direction of the program. And again, I want to just reiterate. I think Fred knows basketball and is a good coach. It's just not come together for him. But there's there's been some eyebrows raised here the last 24 hours with uh, the uh, the the summertime extension by the Moose. Yeah, I, I don't you know get into that. Obviously, you know Moose, you know probably didn't work through the proper channels uh, with transparency there, you know, that's been done. You know, you can't hold him accountable. He's already, you know, have, have left, but, you know, I think over the next two months, um, you know, Trev's going to learn a lot about, you know, the, the men's program. You know, I, I think Fred wants to win. I, I, I think he wants to be here. I, I think he wants to get it fixed. Um, so, you know, over the next two months, we'll, we'll really find out, you know, kind of who, who wants to be here because it's, it's not fun to lose. It's, it's easy to kind of start to drift away and, and go find something else to do, whether you're a player to transfer or assistant coaches or et cetera. So I think over the next two months, you're going to learn a lot about, you know, it, it, does, does Fred have the right connectivity to this group? Uh, does he have a plan, you know, moving forward to get them more competitive? Because to be honest, they, they just have not been competitive. I think it's six and 50 against BCS schools. I mean, that, that's an excusable uh, to, to, uh, to, to have that uh, as your record. Um, I, I get it. The program was in a little bit of rebuild. You know, COVID has created some challenges. I mean, there's some built-in excuses there, but um, the buyout is the buyout. It, it's big boy business at this point. Uh, if, if, if Fred's not the right guy, you've, you've got to move on and, and, and pay the buyout because if, if you sit here for two or three years and it doesn't get fixed, uh, the $20 million from the buyout, you know, parables in the comparison to the revenue that you might have lost if, if you hire the, you know, the right guy and you get the program going in, in two or three years, right? So I, I, I've never been – 
you know, spooked by big buyouts. I, I think Trev has a, you know, has to do some evaluation and, and, uh, you know, I like Fred. I, I think Fred comes with a, an unbelievable pedigree, but just has not done uh, the things that, that he's needed to get done in year three of this uh, program. Andy, let's talk women's basketball. Uh, great effort against Iowa. Uh, tough for the Nebraska women. They're at Indiana, number six Indiana tomorrow. And then the rematch with Iowa Sunday. Congrats to, to Alexis, national freshman of the week. Uh, man, I think uh, you come off that Michigan win and then you're right there against Iowa. How do you think uh, these next two games shape up? Yeah, what a, what a terrific atmosphere Sunday. I, I don't know, Chris, if you were there, but, um, you know, I, I, I thought it was awesome uh, for, for 8,500 to show up to watch a women's uh, basketball game. I, I think they probably left pretty impressed. I mean, it was an unbelievably high-level game, shots made, big plays. Um, you know, unfortunately for Nebraska, uh, Iowa played terrific. I mean, just uh, I had not seen them play at that level. Uh, so that was a tough loss, uh, especially, as you mentioned, at Indiana on Thursday. Uh, to me, Indiana's in the driver's seat to win the league, having just beat Maryland, uh, which was kind of the preseason favorite. Uh, Nebraska does match up to Indiana. Um, I think Indiana's built a lot like Michigan. So I'll be, you know, interesting to see if, if – um, uh, that allows them to, to, to be you know competitive and have a chance to win in a, in a difficult environment. And then you get your rematch uh, with Iowa next Sunday. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it's a tough league. Um, you know, the women are, are, I think, are good, are, are right there to be considered as, as uh, you know, top two, three, four teams uh, in the Big Ten. But um, they're just getting started. I mean, this is only uh, a fifth, fifth league game, and they got uh, 18 of them. So, uh, you know, Thursday will be hard, but I, I do think uh, – the rematch with Iowa will look a little differently. I, I thought they let a couple players from Iowa get some open looks that, that I think through scouting can can be taken away the next time. Um, and hopefully for Alexis, she can stay out of foul trouble. I thought she had a, a big impact in the second half of that game. Unfortunately for her, had a couple quick fouls and, and uh, was kind of taken out of the game in the first half. So we'll, we'll see if the game plays out a little, little different out of Iowa on Sunday. Andy Markowski. Andy, have a good rest of your week. Thanks for a few minutes. All right. Thanks, Betty. Good stuff from uh, Andy Markowski. Rick Kaczynski will hit special teams next on Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's get caught up with Rick Kaczynski, longtime coach in Nebraska and Iowa. Kaz, what do you know? Uh, we can dive into a lot of different things, but want to start with uh, Georgia and uh, Bama, the, the title game. Uh, thanks for jumping on, man. Uh, quite a crazy fourth quarter. Yeah, I didn't see much of it. I um, had a little work to do and fell asleep, watched it uh, till about uh, midway through second quarter and woke up and saw Kirby uh, kissing the trophy. So, but, uh, you know, saw enough of it first quarter. Just just amazing the speed on the field, especially in the, uh, in the back seven. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing. I know everybody talked about those D-lines 
Uh, especially Georgia, but I mean, good lord! I mean, those guys, them dudes, just strike you. Uh, the physicality of the game. Um, you know, that's that's the one thing that uh, I wouldn't say shocking, but I mean, it was a physical game from uh, from the first snap on, and uh, them cats were coming coming downhill. But there's some there were some dudes dudes on the on the field. That's for sure. Kaz, who's the the biggest specimen like you've ever ever either coached or been around, or I guess a D lineman that is burned into your mind that wows you from a size and a speed combination? Because I was just you know it was kind of just field goal fest for a while until that fourth quarter erupted, and the the violence with the hits, how much speed and size and power was combined it, it was smash mouth football man it was a lot of fun to watch and i didn't mind the field goals i thought the defenses bowed up when they needed to and then you had a, a few big plays sprinkled in but back to the original thought is there a lineman that you're, you're kind of put above all others uh when you uh when you when you talk or think about d lineman i'm not saying that bama or georgia didn't have some great specimens or guys that can turn into all-time greats at the next level but uh, is there uh, is there one that's broken the mold for you? Well, I mean, none that I that I coached, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, or even played against. You know, most of the guys that that were that big, they were they were lazy guys. You know, they were front running guys. Just being honest with you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, usually those guys that are in the three thirties, three forties, you don't get very very athletic guys, and you know, they had chinks in their armor. You just kind of wear them down. You know, Vincent Valentine was. Probably the, the 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 best athlete at that size that um, that I ever you know had the privilege of coaching. He was he was he was freaky athlete, and when he went, he was uh, he was impossible to stop. I mean, he was also he was a three down guy. Um, and when you watch Georgia and Alabama, just with the depth they have on the on the defensive lines, you know that's why a guy like Davis is able to do what he's able to do. You know that guy couldn't. I don't know if he can play 45, 50 snaps a game. When you look at the Big Ten outside Ohio State, I mean, I can go back to I can go back to uh, being at uh, being at Iowa and guys playing 70, 80 snaps a game. You know, and and I think that's that's a big part of that's when you when you're looking at the SEC, uh, when you look at these national championships, and you look at the lack of, um, you know, both Mason Dixon. I mean, that's that's a big part of it. Um, you know, defensive linemen are, I mean, they're they're gold. I mean, that's what you have, and you have a lot of them. I mean, you go you go down the list of Georgia, and I mean, think about it. Alabama, they didn't really even talk about their front. And, you know, those guys would be all Big Ten players right now. I mean, you take Georgia's or Alabama's starting four, they'd walk into the Big Ten on any team and start and be uh, first-team all Big Ten guys. So, um, you know, that's – man, those dudes are gold. They're hard to find. And, unfortunately, they're all in the – for the Big Ten, they're, most of those guys are in the southeastern portion of the United States. Or if they're not, that's where they're going to play. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz uh, going to switch gears. Nebraska hiring Bill Bush. Well, he's been on staff as an analyst. Now he's a special teams coordinator. You've worked all facets of ball, and you've worked on special teams. What element uh, of special teams is, I guess, the most difficult 
to uh, to coach? Is is it the return game? Is it the protections? Is it field goal? Is it punt? Uh, kickoff, kick return? You you've you've sniffed all of them, and what's what's more difficult to get refined? Uh, that looks pedestrian, but when it goes wrong, obviously it can go sideways and be the difference in a ball game. What what element of special teams is is difficult uh, to 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 get right? Well, I think that the most difficult element of special teams is 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 the culture of it. You know, and that 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 starts from the from the top. I mean, you you can talk about it all you want. You can talk about it all day. I mean, you either are or you aren't. Um, and and uh, you know, so I think the most the most important element of it is the, is you can say it's important, but uh, I mean, are you walking are you walking the walk? Um, you know, I, I think it has more to do with with the head coach um, and how he presents special teams to the to the teams um, or to the team. Uh, I, I don't think it has as much to do with the special teams coordinator. Obviously, Bill Bush, is, he's, a, he's a great coach. I've always heard great things about Bill. Um, great recruiter, great coach. You know, but special teams, it, it's, it's no different, man, it's, uh, than, than coaching uh, the defensive side of the ball or coordinating an offense. You know, it takes, it takes all the coaches. Uh, it takes a commitment from all the coaches, and the only way you get that commitment is from the culture off st- uh, up top and, and the importance of it. Um, you know, when I – with Bo, you know, Bo was in every special teams meeting. You know, Coach Ferentz, I, you know, I remember being in a uh, – you know, being at Iowa and, um, and being an offensive line uh, grad assistant and, you know, grabbing me saying, hey, come on into the uh, special teams meetings with me. These be good. You know, um, and then when I was a defensive line coach at Iowa – um, same thing. I went to the special teams meetings when I was when I was able to, even though I, I even the ones I wasn't any part of coaching. Um, so when it comes to schematics, uh, anybody can learn scheme, but it also mm-hmm. comes down to the fundamentals within the scheme. It's really not any different than any um, any portion of the um, of the game on the offensive defensive side. It's, but to, to me, the hard part. The tricky part, the tough part with special teams is, is the culture. You know, every co- with, with, no head coach is going to get up there and say special teams isn't important to us, right? Um, but I think when you watch Alabama, you watch Georgia, uh, you know, Notre Dame, they got their best players. I mean, Notre Dame's starting tailbacks are gunner. Uh, you look at Alabama, Alabama's receivers are gunners. Uh, I can't, you know, I'm watching Notre Dame during the season, and you know they got starting linebackers, they got receivers running down on kick return, you know that that's that's the culture. When you put your best players on there, uh, those dudes are going to leave. That tells you about the culture. That tells you about the importance. You know, if I'm a young guy walking on campus, you know, and I see a Kenny Bell running down on kickoff, that's going to tell me how important special teams is to the head coach, to the program, to the university. And I mean. I go back to Iowa with Abdul Hodge and Chad Greenway. You got Chad Greenway, a first-round linebacker who had torn his ACL early. He's running down on kickoff kick. You know that's that's the culture. All right, that's that. It's not a back seat. It's just as important as offense and defense, and it, it takes takes everybody. You know, so Bill Bush, he'll do he'll do a great job schematically. He'll do a great job teaching the fundamentals. Uh, within the schematics of, of special teams at Nebraska, but 
the, the thing you have to get across to these players is, is important. You got to have guys being upset, being pissed off. Why am I on? Why? How come I'm not on that? And that's and that's what we had. Um, you know, Christian Ballard, you know, first round talent at Iowa was on special teams, was on kick return. You know, he was in the wedge. You know, you had guys volunteering. Your best players, your leaders, volunteering. If they weren't on teams. They, they went to the coach and wanted an explanation. Kaz, uh, last thought here, and thanks for giving us a few minutes. Uh, Michigan and Harbaugh, it sounds like they're trying to get things ironed out. Uh, you had Black Monday uh, to start the week in the NFL with some of the openings. Uh, what's your gut tell you about Jim? Is Coach Harbaugh wanting to, to kind of get made whole again with the season he had at Michigan, or do you think he might have a wondering eye? He did really well with the Niners in the NFL. Well, I think you're always going to get a uh, a wandering eye. I mean, you know, the way these ADs, you're talking about a guy whose salary was cut. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what you make. Um, you know, when somebody cuts you, they, you know, they, they, they devalue, uh, you know, what you're, what you are. Um, they, uh, they devalue, um, you know, what they think you're, you could possibly be, in my opinion. So, um, you know, obviously it's not about, it's not about money at this point with, with Harbaugh. Um, but of course, he's going to have a wandering eye. You know, he's done well in the NFL, um, and, I, and I think I mean, you know, hey, I'm just, I'm, you know, just being straightforward with mm-hmm. you. You know, it's it's really difficult. I mean, all you have to do is, is look at the national champions and, and coaches. These are things that coaches talk about uh, when you're defining success. And you know, I remember 2013 watching after we beat Georgia and, and coming home and watching the national championship game and having the conversation with my wife like I, I you know you, you hope someday you, you'll be at a place where you'll play in one of those games you know I, I mean who who are the teams right now above the Mason Dixon that are capable of doing that you know I mean if you're if you're just being honest so you look at those two teams and there is absolutely zero denying that those were the two best teams in college football you know can you win a national championship at Michigan I, I don't know I don't know. I mean, it, the stars would have to absolutely align. I mean, you look what Michigan did to Iowa in that Big Ten championship game, and then you look at what Georgia did to them. I mean, it, it was like playing with your nephew in the backyard. I mean, it, it just that, that wasn't a whole lot of fun, you know. But also too, you know, I, I think it's really difficult for college coaches to not have their eyes wandering to the NFL the way recruiting is now. Um, I mean, you have absolutely no life. And, and I'm not talking about just recruiting off campus, recruiting high school juniors and seniors. It's, it's about recruiting the guys that are on campus. It's recruiting that five-star kid that, you know, came into camp out of shape and didn't play. Now, you know, you're here and in, in week eight, you're trying to get ready for Michigan State. And, you know, Joey's not happy and he's going to transfer back home to Texas. You know, it, it's those type of things that I think – is always going to keep in, until there's some parameters and there's until there's some walls built around this NIL and transfer portal. I, I think you're going to have every head coach that has an opportunity to jump to the NFL. They'd be an idiot not to look. Cause if you don't think that coaches are tired of this stuff already and we're a year and a half into it, I mean, you're, you're crazy. It's, it's just getting absolutely ridiculous. So so, so when you ask that question, absolutely. I think he's, I think he's looking 100%. 
Rick Kaczynski with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, we'll get caught up again next week. Thanks for the inside analysis, bud. You have yourself a good week. All right, partner. I appreciate you having me on. You too. Good stuff from Kaz. Love the special teams thoughts and good insight there on, on Harbaugh. The Jock Doc's on the way on Clay Thompson with Hale Varsity. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday. Lincoln Orthopedic Center, Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, how you doing? I'm great, buddy. How are you guys? We're good. How's your three-point shot? <laughs> Needs a little work. <laughs> so, so you're not quite Splash Brother-esque, is what you're telling me. Uh, Dr. Brandon, we spend a, a lot of time on injuries in the moment, and it's been interesting to kind of gauge and see what's going to happen with Clay Thompson uh, from Golden State. 31-month layoff. It stretched him physically. It stretched him mentally. And he was able to make a return from a from an ACL and an Achilles injury to score 17 points. 941 days. What a job by Clay Thompson to come back. Let's dive into what all it took. I mean, we're talking the, I mean, because, you know, in the NBA finals he had the ACL and then it was training camp the year after where he had his Achilles. Have you ever heard of something like that happening to a guy? Oh, no, it's 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 pretty remarkable, especially you know at that at that level. Um, I can't recall anybody else outside of him that's had you know Achilles ACL. Um, you know, and just from the simple fact of being out of the game for that long and being able to stay motivated and rehab, then get back and obviously drop 17. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, kudos to him. That's just a terrific example of working, working your butt off. Game six of the 2019 NBA Finals. So this is pre-pandemic. This is pre-lots of stuff. Is there any association or tie, or is it just your body giving out with the, the wear and tear when you look at having that ACL and then you rehab from that, you get back into training camp, and then bang, you have an ACL. Could they be linked at all, uh, or is it just uh, freak freak injuries? Yeah, you know, you got to wonder in his situation if there's some linkage there. You know, you take a guy that you know, already has had a tendon injury that he probably has, maybe some underlying, maybe a little bit of a collagen defect that uh, puts his tendons more at risk for injury. Uh, you know, we do think in some of our ACL injuries that there's probably some athletes out there that have some kind of collagen issues that lead to increased risk of ACL tears, and you could basically, you know, incorporate Achilles tears there as well. But then you also add the other factors of, you know, did you try to rush back? 
work, you know, just try to go back too soon and maybe biomechanically you weren't quite ready. Then you start putting stress in areas that you're not used to that. Uh, you go in with, you know, some muscle imbalance. That's also a possibility. You start putting more pressure on one side versus the other. So I think there's a possibility that it definitely was linked. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday, the return of Clay Thompson. What all entailed the rehab uh, with the Achilles? Uh, because that happened in, in 2020. Uh, I know Kevin Durant suffered that Achilles injury. I remember doing that jock doc with you uh, a few years back. And one voice of, of uh, experience was KD to Thompson, don't rush back. Uh, with both injuries, uh, what, what's the appropriate recovery time versus rushing? And we know some guys are physical freaks. that They just heal quicker than others. But it's so so yeah. important, isn't it, to, to take your time and do it right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in particular, an Achilles type of injury. Um, and, it's just, and Achilles is one of those in terms of the recovery aspect of it. Um, it's, pre- it's a pretty good reminder of how you're feeling. And so as you're going through an Achilles recovery, I mean, it's just, it, it's very limiting as you're going through that recovery. And in some ways, no matter how hard you push, Achilles is kind of serves as a pretty good reminder that, you know, about slowing down where you're at in recovery. On the flip side, something like an ACL recovery, um, you know, you can make a, so even though that, that graft may not be quite ready, you may be feeling pretty good. You may you may look great kind of physically. Your muscles around the area look awesome. Your range of motion looks great. But maybe that ACL graft that's in there just hasn't quite had a chance to mature. Your body probably has a sense of kind of regaining that neuromuscular retraining where your body kind of knows that knee is in space and how it feels. You know, with an Achilles injury, it's just is such a slower process in terms of all the things that get tight in that area. And in some ways, it does remind you a little bit more of a, you kind of know more where you're at from that perspective. Um, and so you know, it's going to be a longer recovery. You know, can you put a number on it? You know, you you need a good kind of eight to ten months of that to, to feel pretty decent. Most of the time, it takes a good kind of almost year, year and a half to get over those Achilles injuries. Versus like an ACL, you probably can push that up a little bit. Maybe it's more like a year, eight months to a year. When we talk about Clay Thompson coming back from that thirty-one month uh, rehab stint between knee and, and Achilles, uh, mentally. Man, you've got to you got to lean on some some faith. I would think you've got to lean on your teammates, uh, your your family, and that to me, moving forward, is that Achilles on the right, the knee on the left. Is that something that could make him gun shy or hesitant? Didn't look like it in in game one back, but long term, is there going to maybe some be some doubt lingering in the back of his mind, some concern about? either part of his body. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially when you have, you add those two injuries together and, and you know, he's probably thinking about that in his mind, like, you know, Hey, maybe I do have some like kind of what we call tendinopathy or, or collagen issues here. And so that, that's definitely going to be there. And those are two, you know, very traumatic kind of injuries. The Achilles in particular is, is one of those that really does kind of give some long lasting kind of thoughts and feelings towards um so i think he definitely feels that and again that's that that's that big kind of transition period that's always tough for all of our athletes that we fix is develop redeveloping that confidence and being able to redevelop that confidence and process of injured extremity anymore as you're playing um you know, do you ever reach that point? I think a lot of patients and athletes get close to that point where they just kind of forget about it. That's where you want to be. Obviously, the more you're hesitant and thinking about it, actually, that's kind of a higher risk of, you know, kind of retweaking it because you start to maybe land a little bit differently or, or take off a little bit differently in, in anticipation of maybe 
not put as much pressure mm-hmm. through it. That's actually where injuries occur more frequently. Dr. Brandon Seifer with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. Clay Thompson's return uh, from ACL and Achilles uh, season-ending injuries, 31 months away and uh, back. Didn't shoot as much as, as well as he would have liked, but felt good to be uh, back out there. What's some maintenance here, Dr. Brandon, here about a minute left. Moving forward here, what are some preventative things or just some some health uh decisions clay can can do to continue to manage and and stay healthy here with both those uh previous injuries yeah that's a great question how do you try to go forward maintain you know number one the biggest thing we preach to all our athletes who go through these processes is is all about biomechanics you know we want to get you back to a normal level biomechanics meaning you know make sure your flexibility is appropriate we want to make sure that your muscles are balanced appropriately you don't want to have you know stronger quads and hamstrings or some kind of imbalance between the two sides and the other thing is we want to make sure we kind of know where like for example on the knee injuries acl tears we really want to know where those knees are in space you know, are you are you taking off to jump or land and your knees are coming together um, is it moving more to the outside versus the other and so biomechanics mechanics is huge and so that's a process that he's going to want to continue to work on flexibility is always a big part of that and then you take a guy like him who's had those injuries and you think about what type of volume should he be doing you know do you start to maybe limit some of his minutes and games and you start to maybe limit some of the games he's played in you know the middle of that season or you give him a little bit more rest you know he's probably a guy with as high as he is i'm probably thinking about maybe resting him at certain times during the season in anticipation trying to prevent some of those injuries and allowing those muscles to recover. Then, of course, he's going to need, you know, a fantastic either one, you know, one at rest phase after season, but number two, a really great kind of strengthening program in the offseason that, again, focuses in on that biomechanics program. And that's really what I'd be doing if I was in his shoes. Dr. Brandon Seifert, Lincoln Orthopedic Center, a Jock Talk Wednesday. Dr. Brandon, we'll do this again. Thanks for the time. Keep back, Chris. You guys take care. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, a Wednesday with Hale Varsity. Big thanks to Mike Babcock and Mike Shuhart, Eddie Markowski, our Wednesday staple. Coach Cass also joined us. Will Wilson doing some yeoman work, double dipping. Good for him. Big thanks to Will uh, for sitting in. And uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll uh, have some thoughts here with Gary Barnett, Colorado and Northwestern coach. Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity will join us. And Burke's best bets, Daddy Burke, may or maybe not a Rick Pizzo signing. We're hoping for that, but... Rickster's pretty busy, so we'll see if that happens or not. Some NFL thoughts also as we wind down the week with Jay Moore uh, and uh, some high school preview going on. Jacob Padilla and Coach Jeff Smith. Reminder about buckling up. Coaches make substitutions during the game to get the best player on the field. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands 
a substitution. Sober drivers are the only choice. The DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So Big Sue got paid again, hit his bonus. Another million for Sue with Tampa. Levante David back at practice. So Tampa going to move forward against Philly? Yep. Against Philly yep. Uh, to, to try and defend their title. The meanest thing I've seen on, on social media, not the meanest, but maybe the funniest, most uh, mean-spirited, Chiefs fans are putting out the, uh, well, it's, it's like an invite. It's like a party invite. And it's the Ben Roethlisberger retirement party. You're all invited to Arrowhead. Oh, So. It's kind of sad. It's kind of funny. Well, it's uh, funny. You know what's pretty? I actually think the Steelers plus the points, not to win, but plus the points might be the biggest lock of the weekend. What's the number at right now? 12, 12 and a half. That's a high number. What's the weather going to be like in KC? Not sure. We know it's always cold this time of year, So, but supposed the weather's be, been nice. It's supposed to be cold here, too, right? right? So what do you got rocking? You slinging beers tonight? What's the deal? I am not. I'm going to go home, uh, hang out, eat some dinner, um, mm. maybe watch some basketball. There's probably something on tonight. T-Wolves probably on. I'm, I'm still paying attention to them. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you. Do you have a Hoiberg jersey? I don't. Are you working no. on it? Maybe. That might be hard to find. Do you think there's one out there I can maybe grab? Probably. A I would, Hoiberg jersey. I, you know, I, I'm glad you don't have a Leitner jersey. No, no, I'm not. I do have a Ricky Rubio jersey. How about a, a J.R. Ryder? No. Kevin Love, though. Tom yeah. Gugliotta? No. Okay. Rubio's about as far back as it goes. Okay. I just, I just, because I, I remember when, when the T-Wolves were born. Yeah, man. Yeah, shut yeah. up. You're like, hey, you're hey I, I do want to get one of those uh, throwback KG. Oh, sure. Those are money. I want to get one of those someday. No, nah, he was he was awesome. So, NFL on our mind, and I, I'm interested here with if it's just going to be your one seeds that get to the Super Bowl, i.e. Green Bay, do they get sweet revenge this year? Does Aaron Rodgers even want it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he wants another Super Bowl, but... The defense. Yeah, you know how tough it's been this year for him and uh, that office to, to coexist. Rooting for Tampa. I know Dallas and San Fran will be intriguing. And then, can Joey Burrow put a run together out of the AFC? Right? They just beat Kansas City. He With, plays good in big games. Oh, he does. He mm-hmm. loves it. So, uh, that's what we're thinking about. Plenty to get into tomorrow. Have a great uh, rest of your night. Check the podcast out. Give us a ranking. Uh, Good, bad, or ugly. Tell us uh, what you think. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes with Hale Varsity Radio. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. A Huda Media Production.